0: We
1: still need intro music. (laughs) Upstaged! (laughs) Nailed it. Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week, we are going to devote the episode to the one and only Michael Ball, whose birthday is on the 27th of June. Happy birthday, Michael. Happy birthday. (laughs) So we're going to do the news as usual and then talk about his life and career, which is extensive and varied and hopefully fun to listen
0: to and learn about. Yeah, a great man. A great man, a wonderful man. But first, the news. Yeah, so the first piece of news is some transfer news. So, two shows are transferring to the Trafalgar Studios for their um, autumn-winter season. The first of which is Dust, which was on in Edinburgh and at the Soho Theatre. and. That will be at the Trafalgar Studios from September to October. So, Dust is written by um, Millie Thomas. It won the Stages Edinburgh Award in 2017. And it's written about Thomas's own experiences of depression and her desire to talk more about suicide and um, mental health. So, it's about life and and those who remain after suicide. So, it should be a really powerful piece of theatre. Um, so yeah, from September to October at the Trafalgar Studios. And then after that in December to February at the Trafalgar Studios will be the West End transfer of Nine Night, which was on earlier this year at the National Theatre. There's so much good stuff at the National that I always mean to see everything and never get round to it. This was one I really meant to see and didn't get around to, so I'm very pleased <laughs> that it's transferring. Um, but I have friends who went and said it was absolutely amazing. And it's focused around a Jamaican family who have a nine-night wake. And oh, wow. so the family kind of all come together and reunite. Forcing families together for a bit of drama once they're all grown up and stuff is always a bit of fun. It's
1: always so, interesting.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that will run from right at the beginning of December through to February.
1: We've got some casting news for the production of Follies at the National Theatre, which was on obviously on last year and is coming back. So replacing Imelda Staunton as Sally will be Joanna Riding, um, who's been in a bunch of things, like most recently, I think, The Girls, which was the Gary Barlow musical. Masterpiece. A masterpiece. And Alexander Hansen will play Ben, taking over from Philip Quast. Quast? Quast? Who knows? Obviously, Janie D and Peter Forbes have already been announced as reprising their roles, which is great because they were both amazing. We saw this with Imelda. Melda, Sweet Imelda. And it was fantastic. So I think most aspects of the production are the same,
0: so definitely worth seeing. For sure, yeah. So before we move on to talking about The Great Mr. Ball, a quick review. I went to see The Rink this week at Southwark Playhouse. Sadly, it is now closed. The production wasn't on for very long, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. So The Rink is a candran and Ed musical, which originally opened on Broadway in the 80s, and it starred Lise Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera, but didn't last very long and got really bad reviews. So even though it had this incredible cast, amazing cast. like insane, um, Jason Alexander was in it randomly and Stockard Channing then replaced Liza Minnelli later, but it just did not last and was just so panned by critics that I had not really even heard of it. Even though Kandra and Ebb are obviously really, really iconic in the modern musical theater. They wrote Chicago, they wrote Cabaret But this is just not, I didn't really know what to expect going in. It's mostly kind of a mother and daughter relationship piece, but it's all based around kind of the nostalgia. The mother is selling this skating rink that they owned and that her daughter grew up in and stuff. And then the daughter comes back having not seen her mum for a while and doesn't want her to sell the rink. And they kind of unpack all this history in their relationship and all these kind of complications and and everything and it's kind of about changing times and all this. The music, I thought the music was really great. I've seen that the music is that it was panned when it came out, but this production was amazing, I think regardless. It starred Carolina Connor and Gemma Sutton, who are both incredible, and just an amazing, amazing male ensemble. So it's the two female leads, mother and daughter, and then this group of six men who kind of all play different roles at different times. And the women are playing themselves through different times. So um, Gemma Sutton plays the daughter, Angel. In the kind of present day of the show, she's, I think she's just turned 30, but she plays herself as a small child, as a teenager, kind of all this stuff throughout and so it really jumps around i just thought the production was really beautifully put together really creative the southwark playhouse is quite a small intimate space where they used the staging really really well and the ensemble were amazing and it was a really nice atmosphere so it was completely sold out and there are so many people there who clearly really loved the show sort of older oh. people who loved the show and this was you know kind of probably one of the first times definitely first time in a long time that they've been able to see it staged like this and so people kind of there was a guy in the front row who was just kind of mouthing along, not in an annoying way but mouthing along to the lyrics if he just loves it so much he couldn't quite oh. contain it and because it's kind of in the round and we were sat off to the bit to the side i could just see him every time they're in front of him and just he was having the best night and there's a number where they do kind of tap dancing on roller skates oh my which god which was Insane, and they were like whizzing around, and I was like, "I'm gonna die! They're gonna hit me in the face!" They were like twirling brooms on roller skates, like doing a little bit of break dancing. It was insane. It was such a good production. So I would say that maybe it's it's hard to kind of say go listen to the rink because it's really hard. The the cast rec- original cast recording is on YouTube, but it's not on Spotify. There are some video clips of Liza Minnelli and Chita Rivera on YouTube. Liza Minnelli did win a Tony award for her role in this in the 80s. But there's just not that much out there about the show because it's it was pretty much forgotten. So I think it kind of made me think that this is why we should have more revivals of things. Yes. Because it was just I didn't know this show at all. I didn't know what to expect going in. I didn't expect (laughs) it to be so emotional. There's moments where it's just like a really kind of deep emotional kind of family exposition. I just I wasn't expecting it I kind of was like they're just gonna be on roller skates skating around it'll be a bit shallow and whatever but no it was over. yeah exactly I mean really hope no one was we were very much in the danger zone um okay. but yeah I just think there's so much out there that for what you know for whatever reason maybe the production wasn't great when it first opened I, I did see in some reviews that they really really reworked it for this new new production and gave it a bit more nuance and stuff but I just think there's so much out there that probably deserves more of an audience than it ever got and yet you know we're just doing more jukebox musicals and more movie musicals and I just yep let's do more revivals because the rink was really good and I want to get to know other kind of lesser known older shows please yes I'm
1: completely with you so more revivals
0: Yes. Sadly, that has now closed. But yeah, it's just made me think that... I I, I think that was the first time I've been to Southwark Playhouse and I need to go see more things in little places and it's always cheaper as well and the productions are so good, so... That was the first thing you saw at, at the Playhouse. Did you not... Did you, did, you, did you miss Tanya Bear's confidence? Sadly. Sadly, I did. Despite the excellent oh. reviews, um, oh, no. I, you know, I'm sure she's the next great actress of our age i'm sure she's the next liza i mean for sure next Melda she's next all of them she's the next michael ball <laughs> seamless transition into <laughs> michael ball michael ball so yes today we have an
1: extremely extended ball bulletin for you because we're going to talk through michael ball's entire life so michael
0: ashley ball <laughs> OBE.
1: OBE was born in Bromsgrove in 1962. He seems to have had a perfectly nice family life growing up. Um, He went to a lot of musicals with his dad as a youth. Um, He went to a Royal Shakespeare Company production of King Lear which impressed him so much that he joined a youth theatre at the age of 14 and that led to him studying drama at the Guildford School of Acting which he really liked apparently. He did a bit of busking on Saturdays in Guildford Town and he graduated from Guildford in 1984. So after he he graduated, he quite rapidly started getting parts in things. His first part was in Godspell at the Aberystwyth Art Centre, which, um, I haven't actually, I don't know that much about Godspell, but I know that it's Jesus isn't it? Jesus, you know, Jesus and magic, and probably, I, don't,
0: I mean, I don't know. I really don't
1: know. We'll cover this in our musical history episode.
0: This okay. is why we need more revivals. We need to
1: have the chance to go see Godspell. Exactly. I also really want to see Pippin randomly. I just feel like that would be fun. So after Godspell, his first breakout part was in The Pirates of Penzance, at the Manchester Opera House, and he was selected from about 600 open applicants, which is good. I mean, very impressive. impressive. Obviously extremely impressive. Very sad thing about his role in the Pirates of Penzance. His grandmother had been like one of his biggest supporters um, and was really, really proud of everything that he was achieving, but she died a week before his debut in the Pirates of Penzance.
0: Which is so sad. Career born from tragedy. Yeah, she would have been so proud of him. She would. So he got this role in Pirates of Penzance when he was just 23, if my maths is right. So, this was in 1985, which is very impressive. And then, kind of off the back of that, later that year, he was cast in Les Mis. A little known show named Les Mis. Yeah. Just a small, just joined the original London cast of this, you know, who knows what it is, Les Mis. So, yeah. He was Marius in the original. He was Marius, the original Marius, at just 23 years old which is pretty impressive. Sadly, though, he he caught glandular fever and had to take quite a lot of time to recover off of that. And then what I didn't know at all before we started kind of looking into the great man for this episode is that this kind of early part of his career was really marred by me- mental illness. So he suffered from fatigue during Les Mis and began to get on stage panic attacks and overwhelming anxiety and feelings of depression and that led him to leave Les Mis which I just had no idea about and I feel like I mean this is one one when it's one of those stereotypes that you look at Michael Ball and you would just never imagine um, that he would have kind of suffered from these conditions but it's really really common in performing arts and I think it's just starting to be talked about now a little bit about um, feelings of anxiety and that you don't really have time if you are going through something that there's not much in the way of support systems really in, in performing arts or any recovery time or anything. You know, once yeah, once you're getting anxiety and panic attacks and stuff, that, that it's not an environment where you can kind of take a step back so much yeah. um, unless you leave. So he did end up leaving um, Les Mis. We'd just like to say that he did come back and do the 25th anniversary production at the O2. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Rachel's <laughs> favourite Just favourite thing in the world, I think. It's been a while since it was mentioned. It's good to bring it back.
1: It has, to be fair. I I mean, like, Levis has been brought up. Um, So he came back and did... um, Well, I think he did the 10th anniversary, the as Marius, if I remember correctly. Um, And then for the 25th anniversary, they brought the entire original cast back at the end to sing uh, One Day More. And he was just so much better than
0: Nick Jonas. I just blew him out of the water. Well, look, everyone has (laughs) their strengths, you know? So maybe that's not Nick Jonas's strength, but...
1: No, I, I I said it before, I'll say it again. I don't think Nick Jonas was bad. I just think he was worse than the rest of the cast.
0: Yeah, but could Michael Ball pull off Camp Rock? <laughs> no. I mean, actually, Michael Ball could pull off anything. Could. let Anything he wanted to do. Let's be honest. I was going to say he could play a woman, but he did. He did. <laughs> Spoilers. His next big role in The West End was Raoul in Phantom of the Opera. So Cameron McIntosh cast him... Basically, considering his anxiety, he kind of thought that the role of Royal wouldn't be kind of too much pressure. I still have never seen Phantom of the Opera. Me neither. But I'm sure he was great.
1: I think it's very, very nice of Cameron McIntosh to, I said, to say give him another chance, like, do you know, what I mean, he's brilliant, but to like work around him because he
0: was that, exactly, he really yeah. wanted him in a show. And I think it probably says... I mean it would have said a lot about his stage he has an amazing stage presence and at kind of 23 for someone who was you know a relative unknown and then you can you know Cameron Macintosh cast him in Les Mis and there were all these problems meant like there's quite a lot of people who would have just been like well, well you're too much hassle and you're not a name you're not an important person yeah. so you're done basically but yeah no it seems like he owes a lot in his career to Mr Macintosh which is very nice um, so those are already kind of two very, very iconic roles in shows that have that are still on. Huge shows. On the West End. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was by 87 he had been in those two shows. So by, by just 25 he had starred in, in two of the biggest shows in the West End. Which is alright, isn't it? It's
1: not bad. It's not bad. So his next role was in Aspects of Love, which is an Andrew Webber musical, which is the closest song Love Changes Everything, which you may know. Um, and he played this role both in London and on Broadway, which is exciting. I think it must, be, it must have been his first Broadway role, which is cool that he got to Broadway so young. And then following that, he went sort of quiet on the theatre scene for basically the whole of the 90s. He was busy sort of, well,
0: doing Eurovision. So in 1992, Michael Ball represented the UK with his song One Step Out of Time, which came second. I mean, when is the last time that we got even close to that? And also in 92, um, he reached number one on the UK album charts with his debut album, Michael Ball. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Which um, one of his big singles from that was Love Changes Everything. So he was kind of taking the musical theatre into the more kind of pop world Um, and obviously One Step Out of Time was also on this album. And I just think like, it's interesting to think that there was a time obviously in the kind of the peak of musical theatre when musical songs from musicals were massive on the charts. And it's interesting to think that it was still the case in the early nineties that, you know, Love Changed Everything was a top 40 single. And that just, even with big shows like Hamilton. That would uh, never happen now. That, yeah, it's just, it's not a thing, but yeah, Michael Ball was there, bringing musical theatre to the masses throughout leading the nineties, leading the way. So he had quite a lot of a lot of albums throughout the nineties. Nineteen ninety three, Always. Nineteen ninety four, One Careful Owner. All of these were top ten albums in the UK. But he was so successful. Yeah, so he had an album, the musicals, the collection, the movies, Songs of Love, Christmas. All of these came out in the nineties. So. He was busy. It's almost one album From a there. year throughout the 90s and performing all over the country in big concerts and stuff. And this would have been about the time, I guess. I'm trying to think. I would say probably early noughties is when I saw him performing at the Audley End summer proms. So that was probably the peak of his career. Um, was certainly <laughs>
1: the that? peak of your life so far.
0: I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that kept him busy during the 90s during
1: that time he also appeared in Passion in the West End for most of 1996 as the character Geo, which Julio. is a some musical he also did his first one man show at the Donmar Warehouse which is called Alone Together Ugh. so deep <laughs> So deep. Then in 2002, he had what is sort of widely regarded as his comeback role to the West End, West End, West End, when he starred as Caractacus Potts in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang from sort of early 2002 to summer 2003. And from then on, he's been, you know, as many albums as he's, he's released, he's had West End roles throughout the 2000s. He's been in a lot of things.
0: Yep. So he did the women in white again London and Broadway he was in New York City Opera production of Patience in 2005 which was the Gilbert and Sullivan show and he was in Kismet at the Coliseum in 2007 which is when he also took on the role um, which I think was one of his longest running role longest yeah, absolutely. roles yeah. long I can't think how I'm trying to phrase it, but a role that he played the longest, which yeah. is the role of Edna Turnblad in the West End production of Hairspray, which he did from October 2007 to July 2009. And I saw him in this role twice and he was fantastic. Just so funny, so great, so much better than John Travolta in the film of Hairspray. <laughs> um, just was clearly enjoying himself so much. that like, He clearly stayed in that role for that length of time. Because it was fun.
1: Well, yeah, then he also followed that up with the UK tour, which ran throughout 2010 into 2011.
0: So he clearly loved that role. Having a great time. I mean, Edna oh, yeah. would be yeah. an amazing role to play. You know, so over the top, so fun. And I feel like if you look back at the stuff he'd done before, it's the first time he got to do a really, really comedic role. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is probably a, a bit freer than some of the stuff he'd done before. But really, like, Edna is just full out comedy. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: We should also mention that he won the Olivier Award for Best Actor in a Musical and the What'sOnStage.com Theatre Goers Choice Award for Best Actor in a Musical for his portrayal of Edna. Fully deserved. His next role is one that I, I, I think I said this before, it's like top of my list of shows I regret not seeing while they were on because yeah. he played opposite Imelda Staunton in Sweeney Todd in, well, first at the Chichester Festival for six weeks and then it transferred to the West End for six months and I'm so upset with myself for not seeing this because the cast album of this is on spotify and it just sounds so good he sounds fantastic and this is like a very very dark role obviously but of course he's amazing at it because he's michael ball he's michael Michael.
0: ball nothing michael Ball can't do he can do anything i really really wish i had seen that and he won his second olivier award for that both uh, michael ball and amelda staunton got the olivier awards for best actor and best actress in a musical for their serenity top performances so yeah i mean wish Wish we'd seen that. So following Sweeney Todd, he
1: played Mac in Mac and Mabel again at Chichester and then on the UK tour, which ran throughout 2015. So Mac and Mabel is about the relationship between the Hollywood director, Max Sennett, and Mabel Normand, who became one of Mac's biggest stars. So that was 2015. He then had a, another short break from theatre and did a bit more recording work. His famous partnership
0: with Alfie Bow began around this time, I believe. Their first album together came out in 2016 called Together, and Ooh. it was his second UK number one album, Alfie Bowes' first. It has been certified double platinum, which means it has sold over 600,000 copies in the UK. That is crazy, which is not at all bad. So, the two of them met when they were both starring in Kismet and have been performing together for years now, and are the Classical Brit Award best group. So this album had a lot of kind of musical theater classics from Les Mis which Alfie Bowe also starred in um, later in life and from West Side Story and from Carousel and from American in Paris. There's just so much on this album and it it did very well in the UK album charts. Ball and Bowe then released not one but two albums in 2017 together again which again went to number one in the UK pop album charts and solo and apart a collection of songs from their past which didn't chart but I think you know they were going for gold with the together again album and they did indeed get gold certified so you know they're just smashing it They are absolutely smashing it in terms of album sales. And again, they always look like they're having fun, don't they? They perform a lot on on TV and they're just having a great time. They seem like good friends, good pals. Yeah, we should say also that Michael Ball has a Radio 2 show. He's been on and off, been on um, Radio 2 since 2008, but kind of returned in 2013. He's been going on with the Michael Ball on Sunday. Uh, And the Michael Ball show, it's changed name, but generally...
1: Michael Ball show now, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's on the radio at the weekend on Radio 2. Again, just having a great time. I think he's just such a nice person that everyone loves him. I agree. Uh, I think it seems that way. Obviously, his most recent role was chess at the London Coliseum this spring. And he was fantastic. He was fantastic. We reviewed that in
1: a previous episode, if you'd like to go back and listen.
0: We did. Yeah. I feel like we've whizzed through. We've whizzed through? Do we want to briefly talk about his television career? I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: He had his own TV series which was called Michael Ball in 1993 and in 1994 and then a Christmas special in 1995 followed by a three-part series in 1998 called Ball in the Hall. Amazing! <laughs> so good. He has presented a million things. He's presented the National Lottery, he's presented Children in Need, he guest presented This Morning for a short
0: period, he co-judged on Soapstar Superstar which I'm sure you loved. I yeah. love that show and that show is why I love Richard Fleishman.
1: He also had, in 2010, another of his own shows, a daytime series for TV called The Michael Ball Show, which ran for 30 episodes. People are desperate to give him screen time. I understand why, fully understand why. He's appeared at the proms. He has done so many concerts, you could lose track of
0: how many places he's appeared. He's co-hosted the Olivier Awards. He should do that again. I think so too. He does a lot of charity work backs an app called giving tales which aids unicef he has been awarded an honorary doctorate of arts from the plymouth university which well deserved what we should do is put together a michael ball playlist yes obviously we must do that okay so after you've finished listening to this go listen to our michael ball playlist on spotify just to bathe in those vocals, the the, the, sm- the smooth the tone. Sweet baritone vocals. Mm. And maybe just look at a picture of his dimples. As you listen, just to get the full picture. You know, joking aside about how... I, obviously, I'm not joking when I say that Michael Paul's fantastic. But I think what he did for musical theatre in the kind of bridging the gap between the performance and the kind of this public persona, he really... You know, I think there's very few people... Who've managed to bring musical theatre to the masses in the same way that he has, and he's just makes it seem really accessible for everyone. And I think that's really, really great because other greats of theatre can sometimes be a little bit more kind of niche. And there's people like you know people have heard of Elaine Page and Mel Laston and stuff, but I don't think they ever. And maybe it's because he's a white man. That's very possible. But I don't think they like quite managed to break the the pop charts in the same way and to really and i think the 90s was kind of he came around at the the peak of the west end and sort of andrew lloyd webber being really great and cameron mackintosh putting on really great shows so i think it all worked at the right time for him but um i think that's very commendable and it was a good thing for for the west end and theater generally
1: I think that was a beautiful summing up of the impact that Michael Ball has had on the world. Thank you. Happy birthday, Michael. Hope you have Happy a great day. B-
0: I really hope he does. The sun will be shining. It heat will. wave for Michael Ball's birthday. It's the Michael Ball heat wave
1: i'm doing a 10k on his birthday i'm running it for you michael
0: oh you are aren't you
1: yep it's gonna be so warm uh, can you put
0: a picture of michael ball on your t-shirt oh my
1: god i should shouldn't i i mean i should maybe i'll do that a
0: few days
1: (laughs) so that was your ball bulletin for this week i hope you enjoyed it any other business
0: i've just been watching queer eye haven't i let's face it fair anyone's been doing
1: i went to see taylor swift last night and it was fantastic it was Probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Her support acts were both great, so she had Charlie XCX and Camilla Cabello. It was like over two hours, it was so good. It was just so good. The staging was amazing. The lighting was great. Got given these free wristbands which, you know, like, they light up. And it was just that was so cool to watch as it went dark. And then she brought Niall Horan out from One Direction to do a little song which was fun.
0: Did you lose your shit at that? I memory. would
1: have lost my shit if it was Harry Styles and never I mean, like that whole room would
0: have lost their shit if it was Harry Styles. Yes,
1: they would. It, um, no, it was Nile, But it was still good. He sang great. He sang good.
0: Good for him.
1: And Taylor yeah, sounds very not. good. And it was just a really, really good evening. I
0: had a whale of the time. So next week we will be reviewing The King and I, which was this week and continuing our musical decades journey with the 1950s so a lot of big big shows like the king and i in that decade so it should be good very excited very excited to see the king and i, I think kelly o'hara is gonna yes. be fantastic same yay yay
1: okay see you then well ish see, you, <laughs> yes. you'll hear us then <laughs> yeah bye bye